If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right, Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today, download the app, or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. This episode is sponsored by Peacock, NBC's new streaming service. From classic movies like The Matrix to thousands of episodes of current and timeless TV series like Friday Night Lights and Downton Abbey, Peacock's got it all. But the really exciting part is that it's totally free. Yeah, free. Download Peacock and get the best of streaming and the best of TV. You can watch for free and download for even more on your TV, tablet, or phone. Go to PeacockTV.com to download and start streaming now. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And just a quick heads up, this episode does include some adult themes, so if you have kids around, you might want to check out another episode. Perhaps Taylor Swift or Carly Rae Jepsen would be appropriate. Much better. This week, we're looking at The weekend's hit song, Can't Feel My Face. This song will make your face go numb when we break down what's really going on. So The weekend first burst onto the scene back in 2012 with a record called Trilogy, which featured this very distinctive, dark, self-destructive, druggy tone on tracks like Wicked Games. I left my girl back home. I don't love her no more. And she'll never, never know that. These eyes that I'm staring at. Bring your love, baby, I could bring my shame. Hopefulness no. and positivity are not the first adjectives that come to mind when you listen to this track. Definitely a little moody. Yeah, no doubt. So probably where most of us are familiar with The Weeknd would be from his hit song, Earned It, which was on the charts forever after being featured on the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack. I'm a care for you, 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 yeah. Screw you like he's an evil mastermind singing I'm gonna care for you underneath this dark string lines one thing I will say that I absolutely love about this song is the fact that it's in triple meter which is very rare in our day and age to get a pop song that's not in duple meter So if you're trying to locate the pulse of this song, you'll probably hear it going by at this rate. Dot, 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 dot. So because they're 
divided into groups of three of those pulses. We call it triple meter. And that's just very rare, statistically speaking, <laughs> to encounter in a number one pop song. So props to The weekend for bring, bringing Walt's time back. Okay, so we got some classical references, some evil genius, some interesting contrast between his promise of love and yet this dark undertone. Interesting tune. This is just the beginning of The weekend's ascent to pop supremacy. Yeah, absolutely. So with Can't Feel My Face, The Weeknd has really cleaned up his act for the pop charts. And of course, he hired the best producer he possibly could to help him out with that, Max Martin, uh, who I believe has more number one hits than anybody. Is that right, Nate? Uh, Anybody except two songwriters named Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, third behind those guys, not bad. So let's take a listen to the Max Martin produced Can't Feel My Face. And I know she'll be the death of me, at least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me, the worst is yet to come. But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young. This I know, this I know. She told me don't worry about it. She told me don't worry. Charles, what are you hearing here? Oh, it's got that Michael Jackson feel, the disco, <laughs> right. the syncopated bass. It, it gives me chills up my spine. What the song does so well right here is it gives you the sense of being in the moment. E- even just the lyric, right? I can't feel my face when I'm with you, but I love it. It's this momentary feeling, this physical feeling, something that we can all understand. Well, you know, it's funny because the song begins almost in the middle of a sentence. It begins with the word and. Oh. It's like we're entering this song halfway through or something. In your in your world of the Academy, they call that in medias race. Ooh, Charlie. Huh. Start in the middle. You're trying to seduce me? <laughs> and then I also think structurally, the song builds to that chorus in a really clever way. In terms of the saga of, of the relationship that this song is depicting, the verse is a sort of moment of lucidity. The weekend sings, I know she'll be the death of me. At least we'll both be numb. And I know she'll be the death of me. At least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. It feels like we're going back to Wicked Games a little bit here. This is definitely some cold, hard, self-reflection here yeah (laughs) but it feels like it's setting up the tension for this great release that we're going to get in the chorus yes because then after the verse we move to the pre-chorus you can't just take me to the chorus right now oh you want to just skip the pre-chorus you are so impatient (laughs) no please tell me what goes on in the pre-chorus well in the pre-chorus he says she told me don't worry about it she told me don't worry no more she told me don't worry So if if the verse is this moment of lucidity and sort of rational distance, then the pre-chorus 
is slipping back into maybe the the old negative patterns of this relationship. Mm. And then, Charlie, your precious chorus comes, (laughs) and it's just throwing all caution to the wind, you know? Screw my doubts. Screw the danger. I can't feel my face, and I love it. I can't feel my face when I'm with you, but I love it. Ah, so I guess the chorus doesn't pay off without that tension and seduction of the verse and the pre-chorus. Exactly. Oh. Well, by the time I land in the chorus, I'm just feeling pure joy, and I think that's what The weekend is feeling as well. And, you know, that, that joy is so powerful that it almost carries the chorus into the air hmm. on wings. After the chorus, the first chorus ends, the beat drops off entirely. And it's like for a moment when the verse starts without any drums or instrumentation whatsoever, it's like we're floating in space. And then we land back in reality with another verse. Well, that, that is a brilliant effect. I, I feel like I'm floating. Oh, and then it's so satisfying when it comes back on the floor. Bam. I feel like I'm being pulled, pulled back and forth a little bit like we were in Earned It. But it's funny because this song has sonically such more upbeat references, like the Michael Jackson that we're definitely all hearing. Yeah, no doubt. Though, if we go further back, Charlie, I think we'll start to hear some slightly more sinister musical references that we can pull out of this song. So you're saying that we should do a little segment on Classical Masters? Why not? All right, take me there. Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. One of the parts of Can't Feel My Face that really jumps out is this bass line. In almost all the weekend songs, he'll find this bass line that will just repeat throughout the whole track. Hmm. I think it's part of what makes his sort of obsessive version of R&B so effective. It's just this relentless repetition. And on a song like this, the kind of quality of the bass line really reminds me of an old classical tradition called the Lament. Lament. Oh man, Nate, that this doesn't look like we're going in a good direction. It's not pretty, Charlie. 
the lament was what a composer would write at like the saddest point in his opera. That's when someone like Monteverdi in his Lamento della Ninfa would introduce this repeating descending bass line to highlight the ultimate melancholy of the singer. So you're saying this this descending bass line, it's it really is actually dragging us down into a dark emotional place, whether it's the opera singer or here it's the weekend. Yeah, exactly. So in Can't Feel My Face, we have this bass line which continually repeats the seventh note of the scale, the sixth note of the scale, and the first note of the scale. Oh, it's interesting because it starts it starts on the descent. We're not even starting on the home note. Right. Yeah, that's totally true. We start on the descent and then it actually goes back up to the home note and then starts the descent again. Oh, this endless going back and forth of it. Yeah. Like we're dropping down, picking back up, just like you were saying in the chorus where we're feeling up and then down and then up and then down. And it's happening in the baseline. Yeah, it's this sort of Sisyphean cycle or something. So in a in the Monteverdi piece, it's a slightly different bass line. It's one seven six five. As opposed to the slightly uh amended version and can't feel my face of seven six one. But interestingly, the song we were just talking about earlier from the weekend's first album, Wicked Games. Yeah, it has almost the exact same bass line as Monteverdi's Lamento. Exactly. Ah, oh, who knew that The Weeknd was such a classical master? So we can definitely put... These songs, I think, in the long tradition of the lament with its obsessive descending bass line. I noticed one other musical element, which I, I feel like emphasizes this darkness, this minor mood. There's this really cool, funky guitar line. Do you hear that one? Oh, yeah. It feels almost like a Prince song, right? The whole line is an A minor chord, or I guess in the classical world, you you guys would call that a pedal. We may, yeah. Which is when one chord or note sits and stays steady while other things move around it. And so even where he plays a few major chords here, on the seventh, he's playing a G major chord. There's always this A minor happening underneath. But it's got this funny disco rhythm. So I, I think that the A minor pedal and the guitar has that same tension of it's upbeat, but it's also minor, descending, moody, uh, and dark. Yeah, I agree. This song has two personalities almost. Yeah, I feel like we moved from, what do we call it, ebullient joy and now into a descending lament? Oh, Things have changed. 
I only really understood what was going on in this song when I was talking with my friend about it, and he looked at me with surprise and said, wait, you know this song is about cocaine, right? And I said, yeah, of course, totally. Yeah, no, I knew that. I knew yeah, that. definitely. I'm, I'm a musicologist. I, I listen very deeply. <laughs> I, I catch everything. And then I immediately went home and Googled, "Can't I can't feel my face. And one of the first things co- that comes up is this clip from the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. <sighs> I can't feel my face. I mean, I can touch it, but I can't feel it inside. Oh, no. I feel like now I know why I was feeling such joy earlier. (laughs) I didn't realize it was through the vehicle of hard narcotics. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice there's sort of there's sort of a come down after you listen to this song? Like you're like, oh, I just want to hear it again. I feel so empty without it. Oh, man. Well, there's there definitely are a lot of things that all of a sudden feel like are going wrong in the song. And it's all hitting me right now that, oh, it's all falling apart. Yeah, there is some weird stuff at the edges of this song that can only be explained by the fact that this is a secret drug anthem. So what's going on? Well, the first thing is there is chromaticism all over the place in, in this song. All right, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about chromaticism. Uh, what, what does that mean? So the song establishes a key, which in this case is A minor. And then there's a certain set of tones belonging to the A minor scale that you expect to hear in this song that we would call those diatonic. Those are the notes that are in the scale. Exactly, yeah. Any tones that don't belong to that diatonic scale, these outliers, these moments, these tones full of dissonance and tension, we call those chromatic notes. Usually pop songs, you don't find a lot of chromatic notes. No, you probably have to go to our friends like Bartok or Shostakovich or something. Right, but this song has them all over the pre-chorus and chorus. Where are you hearing it? In the chorus, we have this melody, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Yeah. The notes on I'm are chromatic. It's an E flat, which does not belong in this scale. E, e natural is supposed to be the note, the, the diatonic note of the scale. E flat is chromatic. does not belong there. So what effect is this having? For the listener, it creates this subtle tension that you can feel that something is a little off, but you can't maybe put your finger on it. It's even more pronounced in the pre-chorus where we have a really harsh chromatic dissonance of the flat two. She told me don't worry about it. She told me don't worry no more. Ooh, the flat two. Yeah, okay. when he says, she told me don't worry about it. Oh. And right on worry, we hit B flat. So a note that's only a half step away from our tonal center of A. Oh, so it's like you're almost there, but you hit the wrong note. Yeah, exactly. And so all of a sudden, when you start to listen to that lyric in that way, you can really see all the lies and self 
deception that seemed to be contained uh. within that line. She told me, don't worry about it, because that chromatic note is telling you, actually, no, you definitely should worry. Oh, right. Because that B-flat is not supposed to be there. Oh, you're, you've got all these flatted notes leading downward. It feels like it, it's pulling you similarly to that bass line. Yes, totally. Oh, so everything is just pulling us down. What happened to our upbeat song? <laughs> it's all crumbling away. Because I'm feeling it now. I had loved this bass line, right? This bump, bump, bump sound. And now I'm realizing that the syncopation of it, which on one hand makes me want to dance, is also really disorienting. It's out of sync with the the drums in the song. Yeah, it's super syncopated and restless. Yeah, and, and you asked me, do, do I feel a come down after listening to this song? And, and, and I did listen on repeat maybe seven times in my car the other day, and I wasn't feeling great afterwards. I think there's <laughs> I think there's also a moment in the song where that happens, the bridge. Ah. The song doesn't have a bridge. It does it not? No. I think it does. Where? I think it's a bridge. This section. Isn't that it's just another pre-chorus? I think it's acting as a bridge. I accept. I accept. Okay, so after the second chorus, just like after the first chorus, there's this dropout. And we move into this new sonic territory, which is basically acting as this bridge back into our chorus later on. And what I'm hearing are all these low, muted, filtered synthesizers, which feel like a come down. It's like there's been this big moment of joy, mm. and then everything sonically drops down into this really low, buzzy texture. I, I kind of feel like everything has just gone numb at that section. Yeah, you know, I can take this uh, extended musical metaphor of dropping down one step further. I mean, this chorus, it's really weird. The chorus is actually the lowest range of the song. Oh, huh. Like, the verse goes up to a G, and then the pre-chorus goes a little higher up to that B-flat. And then you would expect yeah. the chorus probably to get, you know, the chorus is sort of the apotheosis, so that you would expect it to go even higher. But instead, it drops down below both of those, the pre-chorus and verse, down to this E-flat area. Whoa. So the highest moment is also the lowest. Yeah, which is very counterintuitive for a pop song. Right. Oh. There's some other weird stuff happening in this song that you only start to notice when you see it through this cocaine lens, Ooh. such as uh, the lyrics frequently get cut off. Like, at the end of every pre-chorus, he starts to say, alone? Yeah. You know, I'll, but I'll, I'll never be alone. But he never actually finishes that word. Oh. He just goes, lo oh oh and then he just screams. <laughs> she told me you'll never be it's very, it's a little disconcerting. Yeah, I'm realizing now, even the way that he's singing, there's these sort of really fast lyrics and then slowed down, confused, lost, and cut off lyrics. Right, like at the very end, 
where we expect him to say, can't feel my face. He just goes, can't feel my fit. It just, it just <laughs> the rest of that word just gets cut off. Oh. Yeah, totally. It's like when you're on drugs and you're so hyped up that you can't even finish a thought before moving on to the next thing. Oh, wow. This guy is really disoriented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the album is called The Beauty Behind the Madness. But, man, it really, for me, is starting to feel like the madness behind the beauty. Whoa. Chuck. It just blew my mind. <laughs> so, in honor of the weekend's dangerously clever love drug song, we are working on a playlist of other great love songs that turn out to be drug songs, or perhaps vice versa. And if you have any suggestions for those, tweet us at Switched on Pop. We'll put the link to that Spotify playlist on our website. And of course, you can find more episodes at switchedonpop.com or on iTunes, where we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. It really helps. In two weeks, we'll be back with the Bieber Beaver. Yeah, if you liked our episode on Carly Rae Jepsen, this is the episode for you. We're going to be exploring Bieber's recent existential suite, Where Are You Now and What Do You Mean? Our show is written, produced, edited, mixed by us. Charlie Harding. And me, Nate Sloan. And our beautiful design is done by Luke Harris. You can see more of his work at LukeHarris.com. And thanks to the Pitch Podcast for featuring our episode on Carly Rae Jepsen. You can find more great episodes of Pitch at PitchPodcast.org. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.